Hello, welcome, and thanks for joining us. 580-5436, 580-KIDO, that's our number. We'd love to have you give us a call. It's also Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. Out of nowhere, the market decides it's going higher. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, isn't it aware that there's a potential third world war? That this could get completely out of hand in the Middle East, that energy prices should go up, but in fact actually are going down. Apparently, oil markets don't know how to react either. This isn't supposed to be happening. After all, the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. Uh, Inflation is stubborn, and it means that you can't buy stocks is what I heard, and, and I saw Jim Cramer put his head on the desk again and go, like a month ago, the market can't go up at all. Can't. Interest rates have to go to 6%. Have to. 10-year treasury has to go there. That's where it goes. And then finally, it'll be done. Well, of course, that marked the market bottom, as it always does. And interest rates stopped going up and, in fact, went down. And we always come back to this uh, prediction thing. And so Wall Street will tell you again this week why the market went up. Why did it go up? Well, you know, interest rates went down. Well, I thought they were supposed to go up. Well, you know, because um, you know, energy prices went down. Um, this report over here, this one little tidbit, everybody's making stuff up on the fly all the time. All the time. And the reality is we never stop and write it down. You know, it's like, okay, so let's see. Yesterday I predicted that rates would go higher. Wrong. Wrong. Keep going, right? We don't. And we go, I knew rates would go higher. We think we're right. Way more than we are. Way, way more than we are. And we think we have to try to predict things in order to be really super smart people. And I think that's really the bottom line. It's not It's not just to be good investors because in the end, we kind of sort of know we're not very good. I mean, people really kind of get it. I know there's still people that think they're really good that aren't and they stay in their basement and they do their own thing and that's fine. But by and large, most people really know they're not very good at this. They really know they don't know enough. And, and, and they don't really want to follow it that close. Or, or, or make a lifetime of it. And then on top of it, I think there are times where people reflect honestly and say, what did I do in 08 and the beginning of 09? Did I leave all my stuff alone? Did I find extra money? Did I increase my 401k contributions? Or did I kind of move some stuff around and, you know, just a little, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I was going to come back, you know, but did I do that? Did I, did I, did I hide behind an excuse and like take money out and go, I'm just, just paying off my house. You know, it's really a good, smart thing to do. You don't pay off my house. All of that. What, what happened during that time? And when people honestly reflect, they go, that was, I didn't do it all right. Maybe I didn't do it all wrong. But staying in the game, 
adding when investments are down? What did I do even in recent times? Did I did I honestly go out there and turn off the noise where people said you can't own big tech, you can't own Amazon down 35, 40%? No, you couldn't do that a year ago. No way. No way. CNBC was telling you, absolutely, person after person can't do that. Tech stocks don't do well in rising interest rate environments. Oh, oh, you say, okay, all right, well, they must know, and it's the end of the story. Except Google, Amazon, Meta, NVIDIA ripped higher. Ripped higher the next year. Into a rising interest rate environment. In other words, the reasoning given why it can't happen and why, in fact, even though you were riding that pony down 40%, Wall Street said you can't own it anymore, even though they were owning it before. And now this was the reason why in the rearview mirror you can't own it going forward. Thanks a bunch. So we're down 40%, and now you're telling me we can't own it. Uh, okay. Super helpful. And by the way, that information, it's not just looking at it and making fun of Wall Street. It's really important to understand that oftentimes what's being reported is, in fact, dead wrong. Dead wrong. It absolutely isn't true that in a rising interest rate environment, you can't own stocks of massive growth companies. It's the exact opposite. You don't want to own the value stocks that have dividends and don't pay or don't grow very much. It's the exact opposite. All of history tells you that. Even the logic in your brain goes, you know, that makes sense. I mean, because now if I'm really buying this company for its growing stream of dividends, but I get a lot more in bonds, I would think that would be like money's going out to bonds but it stays in high-growth companies. Yeah, it does. Dead wrong information. And people don't stop to look it up. They just go, oh, yeah, it's because why? Because we're lazy. Why don't I just parrot what, everybody, what the, the previous guest said? Why don't I just parrot what I heard, read in an article, saw in the Wall Street Journal, whatever. Just parrot it. Just say it. Don't ever actually look at the evidence or think about it. Say what everybody says. You sound like a politician. You don't actually have any real intelligence. You just babble about whatever the, the, the line is, whatever you just want to repeat. Yeah, it really went well in Afghanistan, says Joe. It was amazing how we got people out. It was a stunningly great idea. Super good. And that's what they're going to stick with. Instead of people, oh, yeah, I know. That was really fantastic because I only believe what I want to believe. And that's the same thing in, in investments. We do that. We do that all the time. And it's really super important to stop and say, wait a minute. Why am I listening to this? Or that doesn't really make sense to me. And when we take that and we think about it, we realize that, yeah, investors aren't very good at this. And investors include most people on Wall Street. 
Most investment firms are constantly coming out with their predictions on interest rates, the economy, unemployment rate. And do you know what? They're mostly wrong. And we ask them after they're wrong, and then they're wrong again, and wrong again, what is going to happen in the next year? Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, okay. So I should position in value stocks. Okay, great. That's why it's important for us to have our own thought process or stop and think. And in the end, to turn the TV off, to get off of the internet, to get off the wheel of prediction and say, hey, this doesn't make any sense. It's hurting my investment results. And it makes my head hurt. If we're ever honest about it, we would just simply write down all of our predictions and all the predictions we hear. Oh, so J.P. Morgan thinks this. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Let's go back and see what the record is. How's Goldman Sachs doing? How'd these guys do? And the answer would amaze you at how bad they are. It would astound you. And the thing that has been really super healthy for me, one thought. Bo, would you just give me a timeout here? Just put it out here on this. Let's just go to the end, okay? And this has really helped me, okay? I stopped predicting. And I stopped listening to the predictions. And I kept telling myself, Warren Buffett's right. I always, I've told myself that for 40 years, but it's like you always have to reawaken that. Like, you know, you have to go, ah, I get it now. We don't have a market prediction. We've never had a market prediction, and we never will. Is the only way to invest. Because the market is not what you're buying. You're buying great corporations that happen to be part of the market. When I buy that, do I really say, I want to buy Ford Motor Company, which has never worked? Is that what I want to do? It's a company. It's in the market. Do I want to buy it? No, I don't want to buy automobiles. I don't. I want to own growing companies. Do I want to buy airlines? You know, maybe maybe I can avoid the next bankruptcy by buying airlines since they all go bankrupt. All but Southwest has gone bankrupt. Meaning I lose all my capital. Do I really want to own that? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All right. Let's see what Bo says about that. All right. We're going. All right. I've got about 30 seconds left. I want to, I, I'm going to come back in the next hour and talk some more about this, but I'm going to leave you with this thought. 
over the past decade alone, investor timing has cost an average of 17%. 17% is a lot. Keep compounding that for your lifetime is a big mistake. We're not good timers. Don't move money in and out. Set it. Make changes when appropriate, but not timing. We'll be back for hour number two. Hello, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and, of course, like I say all the time, these are my opinions, my opinions only. And we're not here to, what, to tell you what to buy, 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 or sell, sell, sell. That's noise, and it really is. It's really noise, misinformation. It's not entertaining. It's just dumb. Dumb. And yet we do it all the time, and, and, and I talk about this all the time. We just can't determine what the future is and what to buy, 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 and sell, sell, sell. Here's the bottom line when we think about this. I think it's an astounding thing, right, that over 90% of the stocks in the S&P 500 do not, have not, performed better than cash. Over the last 50 years. That means all the gains are centered on a few. And so the more we buy, buy, buy and sell, 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 the more likely we are to be in that 90% and not in the 10% that make up all of the market's gains. Which is why, by and large, people should never be buying and selling stocks. They should own the index. That way you own it. You own the winners and the losers. But you own it. And the idea that we have to predict what things are going to do well is backwards. It's just completely backwards. We say, well, you know, there's really good, you know, you can be really good at it. And it's like, man, yeah, you can. You can be really good. You can be like Warren Buffett good. You know what he says? He says this. He said this at their last annual meeting just a few months ago. He was reflecting on the idea that over his 70-year investing career, he has about 12 decisions that account for almost all the gains. That all of the other investments were mediocre at best. All the others, 12, of which two were personnel. His partner and the guy that ran the insurance company, Geico. Genius. Two were personnel decisions. Ten investment decisions account for all the gains of the greatest investor of all time over the last 70 years. Unbelievable. I find that, wow, it's mind-bending. Less than 10% of the stocks drive the entire returns of the market? 90% don't perform as well as cash? Warren Buffett has 10 choices, picks over 70 years that account for all the gains? Hmm. Maybe I need to rethink my 
abilities, capabilities of by, by buying, sell, sell, selling. What am I doing? I'm gambling. I like the action, man. I like the action. And that's okay with a play account. It's okay to speculate. Yeah, I really think this little thing over here is going to do really good one day. You know, it's going to invent. It'll take over for meat, like beyond meat. That's it. It will, you'll never eat a steak again. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe we will. Maybe, just maybe, a prime rib is a prime rib, and it's pretty good. But it's a speculation. And maybe it's just not here yet. Maybe it's beyond meat number two that figures it out. I don't know. Things are always moving. And it's okay. But when you find a winner. Yeah, I said this yesterday, and I know it sounds funny. And the nice lady thought it, th thought it sounded funny when I said it. But it's It's true. You, you have to pick stocks and ride them like forever. And, 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 and the thing that's true about the market is that they, they win, they work, the, the, like the companies that are really working, Apple, Google, stuff like that, they work until they don't. Okay. Well, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? I, here's what I mean, right? And it's true. They work, and you don't know when they're not going to. But one day, all companies slow down. Their growth slows. And, and, and we've seen this as, an, as a great example, or, or they reinvent themselves. Microsoft cratered. So Bill Gates, the smartest guy on the planet, I get it. You know, he's just super smart. We, we just have to quote everything he says. Smartest man ever, you know. It's like, okay, well, he, he was smart in getting an operating system out of IBM, and he was smart in making people buy the upgrade every year. And then along came Apple, and they gave it away every year. And Microsoft died. That was it. They were just like, they didn't do anything for like almost 20 years. So Bill Gates finally said, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. And then the guy that was number two, I can't remember his name right now, sorry. And he, he continued to run the company in the same way. And then they completely reinvented themselves. So companies can. They can, they can come back and reinvent, even after a decade of, of ugh. But my point is, is Microsoft was Microsoft until it didn't work anymore. And then you can re-look at it later. But it stops working. But when you look at it like a company like Apple that, re that reinvented everything with the cell phone, like not long ago, it was 17 years ago or something like that. It's just amazing to think about where we are from 17 years ago, the first iPhone. When that was in your hand, Apple is up 40 plus fold from then. Not the IPO, not not the time when it was nearly bankrupt from then. So it's in your face, the greatest consumer product of all time, in your face. And, it, and you can just play around with it for like three seconds and you go, well, this is a game changer. This is, changes everything. Everything. 
and your 10000 is worth a half a million dollars if you left it alone. If you left it alone. But Wall Street all along is predicting. You see what I'm getting at? It's predicting, 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 predicting. All right, so what is going to happen now that we have the iPhone 4? Okay. There's no way. It's not that much better than 3 or whatever the predecessor was. It's just not that much better. I don't see how anybody's going to buy into this. 5 comes along. Oh, and Samsung has come up with the the most amazing flipping phone and blah, 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 except it blows up on airplanes. We've come to find out. Other than that, then the six comes, and it's really not that much better. And I know the camera's a little bit better, but come on. Nobody's going to spend $1,000 for a phone, we're told. Over and over and over, predicting that the growth of Apple is going to slow down. That the Mac isn't going to work. It's not going to work. The iPad isn't really going to be what it was going to be. Watch, give me a break. Who's going to buy those things? It goes on and on of trying to predict the stoppage of the incredible growth that was Apple. And it really was. The same thing is true of all of them. Google really can't. Facebook, blah, 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 blah. Predicting that next year they stopped the growth. Now, what I'm saying is, if you'd listened to them, and I don't mean the two or three people, I mean the hundreds of people that are telling you, predicting that Apple can't grow this fast, or they're just, there's nothing more than a device company. They are not a software company. They're not digital, therefore they don't deserve this growth rate. Then you would have made a little bit of money on Apple and sold. Predicting, instead of waiting to see if Apple really was slowing down in a permanent way. If really five was not going to be accepted by the market, six, if people really weren't going to like the watch and they really weren't going to like to be in Appleville or whatever we want to call it, which we all love because it's private. The Android sells all your data. They admit it. Apple doesn't. I don't want 7,000 choices of what weather app I'm going to get. Give me a couple, that's all. All of that to say, people like Apple. Someday they may not. But this is true across the board when we think about stocks. We don't have to predict what interest rates are going to do, whether I own Apple or not. What about inflation? Uh, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really impact how many cell phones Apple's going to sell. What's going on with Israel? What's going on in the Middle East? We got an incompetent, 80-some-year-old, bumbling guy with his finger on the button of the world. Most powerful man in the world, 
doesn't know where the door out of the room is. I know. Doesn't matter how many cell phones these guys are going to sell. Can't do anything about that. I can find 10 things to worry about. What about that digital currency thing? I get it. On and on. Just keep reading about why nothing will work. And then you won't invest. And you won't win. we got a million reasons not to. Because we can make up stuff all the time. And it is hard to be optimistic in a very, very loud and loudly negative world. It is. Very, very hard. But when I talk about not predicting, that's what I'm talking about. Owning great companies. And as I started this whole segment with, this market wasn't supposed to do this. That's what Wall Street told us. It's down, down, down. Can't do any good. <sighs> Interest rates are on their way to six. That's what it has to do. Why? Because they went up yesterday. They're going to go up today and tomorrow. That's what do we do. We just simply drive the car in the with the rearview mirror. But the road turns from time to time. Well, yeah, but see, I look smart because I just tell you what you already know. Oh, yeah, interest rates up, interest rates down. And we call this information. We really do. When we can get over the fact of trying to predict things, when we can get over the fact that we don't have to, to be good, to be great investors, then we can become great investors. Because you know that from point A to point B is going to be bumpy. And you have to accept that. That's, this is what happens. On the way to success, every day isn't successful. It has setbacks. And when it comes to portfolio management, you go, ugh, that was a bad idea. Say bye-bye. That guy's working out. Let's, let's leave it alone for a while. Again, non-predictive. But we also have to learn to not be married to our ideas. It's okay to say I was wrong. Oh, doesn't that hurt? Oh, man, that... <clears throat> That leaves a bad taste in my mouth saying that. It does leave a bad taste in her mouth. But remember, if Warren Buffett is wrong way more than he's right, I guess it's okay for me to admit that that's true to, for me too. Sometimes it's a timing issue. You're too early. The company is a good one. It's okay to write it out. But often... When things aren't working, it's not a bad idea to say bye-bye. You can always come back later. It's just sometimes it's very cleansing to go through and go, well, there's a loser, boom, out, 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 and pull those out of the portfolio. And you know what's funny about it is that usually you don't come back because it's like, that was a bad idea. I mean, it is a bad idea, and I don't want to buy it today. I'm done. I'm done. We're often wrong. 
because the world's moving fast. But we don't have to be right very often to really rock it. Okay, i got to take a quick break. And when I come back, I've got an email to share with you, and I think it's a really good one. Our number, 580-5436-580-KIDO. If you want to shoot an email, it's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net, and we are here live. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Again, our number, 580-5436-580-KIDO. All right, so let's, uh, this is, this comes uh, from Tina. Where did it go? Okay. Oh, okay. So if, uh, if we don't have to predict things, I thought this was great, then why do you have your job? If you don't have to predict or move money in and out of the market. And I think that's, you know, it's a valid point, okay? But I think it misses the point, okay? Uh, which, again, and thank you for the, for the email. And by the way, it's Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. So it, if, we, if we think we have to move in and out of the market, which we don't and shouldn't be doing, then that misses the point of buying and holding and going through the downtimes as if you could somehow time the market. And great investors don't do that. They buy great companies knowing they're going to spend some time in the seller. And it, but they rise so much more than the overall back and forth of the markets. When we are moving in and out, and we are, it's because conditions, ground conditions change. And, I, and, and, and I, I thank you again, because this really helps point me for the rest of the show, again, to be saying, well, what do we do then? We go and we ignore Wall Street. Good. Okay, I got it. Okay. I got it. We make wrong predictions. I got it. Blind monkeys throwing darts are more accurate. Okay. What do I do? Buy and hold through the ups and downs. And if you feel that you must move money around, and, and I do, I think you, that there are times to do things. We have to look at the ground conditions. And the most classic I always give, because it's so huge and fundamental, what we know is, historically speaking, a 60% stock and 40% bond portfolio would give you 4% cost of living adjusted income and have a 90% certainty of working. And then something weird happened. This is what we're taught. I mean, we're taught in business school. We've been teaching it for decades. This is the known fact of the world. It's that easy. Plug it in. You're good. Good to go. Rebalance every year. Good to go. Except when interest rates dropped to zero... 16 years ago or so and stayed there, everybody still used the same rule. And you're like going, this can't work. You can't put 40% of your money at 2% and take four and have a cost of loving, living adjusted income. It won't work. Oh, yeah, well, because in business school and when we run Monte Carlo simulations, this is what worked. Because the inputs are wrong in your Monte Carlo simulation doesn't make it right. It makes it wrong. When you are at 2%, in other words, below your draw rate, you can't put money there. It will not work. A third grader will tell you, uh, that won't work. 
And you can't imagine how stuck people get. You, you can't. Does that seem obvious to you? Because it certainly seems really obvious to me. But it wasn't to Wall Street for another 10 years. And then finally, you, start, you started to see uh, white papers coming out. Like, what, like this is serious thought. Uh, we think the 60-40 is dead. Really? <laughs> wow, way to jump on that one. But here's the worst part of it. When the 60-40 did actually literally like blow up and have its worst year ever, because bonds and stocks went down in 2021, a lot. This is when suddenly many people on Wall Street were saying the 60-40 was dead. Remarkable. Now that to me is a classic wow we just have to look at the ground conditions. That's what we have to do and think about it. This is the way we do it. Shouldn't always be with blinders on because things change. I always was a value investor because that's what I grew up. Value meaning buy low price to earnings ratio companies, very cheap companies that people don't like, a contrarian, if you will. And then I had to learn the growth kind of sort of is the way. Not radical, weird growth, not penny stocks and stupid stuff. But that there are other ways to value companies and call them value plays. Amazon goes down 40%. Then just buy it. Because it's that magnificent of a company. It's that dominant. It has that much cash to keep trying new things, and, and some of them turn into home runs. Apple, all, this, all these others. But when they don't work, then we shift. And when interest rates shift like they have, we can now, instead of saying 60-40 is dead, we say, hmm, it looks more like not 60-40, but you, can, you could own some bonds now and not be destroyed. That's what I mean by the ground conditions, and changing with what we know is in front of us. That's non-predictive. Interest rates are higher now. By saying, I can own bonds when I can get 6% on them, is not a predictive statement. It's a statement of fact. When it's 2%, I can't own bonds because it doesn't work. It's below the inflation rate. So when the ground conditions change, we can change with them, and that is non-predictive. That is why I have a job. It's also because we don't go crazy. Psychologically, most people don't do this very well. The world looks terrible, don't own stocks. world looks terrible, hmm, looks like stocks are a bargain is the way I think about it. It's different. You have to be hardwired in such a way to be able to sustain those downtimes and all the negativity that floats around out there. And you do have to be disciplined. I'm not disciplined in lots of things in my life. Everybody has their things. But what I am disciplined in is not having a ton of negative inputs. I am disciplined in questioning why this conclusion? 
I am disciplined in not looking at the world as it's about to blow up. Finding, that's not Pollyannish, to find the real information, the real facts about how the world is growing and getting better and more abundant all the time. Safer. Nobody thinks this way. Very few do. But it does take a discipline to have some positive inputs. Not constant negativity. Because you can't rise above it. You can't. You cannot make wise decisions when every input is, it's really horrible. We've already got enough division. Enough, those guys are awful, and no matter what, I'm not going to do anything or compromise with them. Okay? Great stance. Perfect. And all about screaming and yelling and having your most righteous position. We've got plenty of that. I don't need to listen to it all the time and think that I'm above that. So the reason I think that many financial, most people have financial advisors is because they're wired differently. They don't have constant negative inputs that drive their decision-making. They help people stay grounded in their investments. And when you find the ones that are just like magnificent at it, I think they think different. I think they look for opportunities, not quick changes, just they want information. They want to study things. They want, it doesn't make them right like, 10 times as much as somebody else. What it says is that as new things come in technology, they're on it. They're They're thinking. They're thinking about it. That's why I have a job. So, Tina, thank you. That was a great great, uh, segment uh, of thought for me. Anyway, uh, because you do. You think, well, why, 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 why do you have a job if you're just like supposed to just leave it alone? Lots of things. All right. Our number is 580-5436, 580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Our number is 580-5436, 580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net, if you prefer email. All right. And, um, yeah, we're starting to run out of time for today, so let's give us a call. All right. You know, we'll talk more about this as the year uh, starts to wind down. But don't forget, the, we've got some year-end things if you're looking to get some things done. you got to get them done. I know, I know, the year's just rolling by. I mean, it's November 11th. And there are things you can't do on December 24th and get it done before the end of the year. So you have to be thinking about things like Roth conversions, if you're going to do it. I know sometimes people get mixed up with the IRA, the whole the whole idea that they can uh, contribute to a, an IRA gets them thinking they can do that until April 15th. And that you can contribute to an IRA till April 15th, but you can't do a Roth conversion after the end of the year. So there are different things that have to be done in this year. 
including taking losses on your portfolio. You can't, oh my gosh, I forgot about those capital gains. I wanted to have that loser sold so I could help offset that. I meant to give the gift in this year because there are limitations to what that is. All those things you need to be thinking about getting done, time is a ticking here, right? So let's get thinking about those. We'll talk more, of course, as the we get closer to the end of the year. And I know Jennifer Stone, when she does her programs, she loves, loves talking about all those kind of planning details. And um, I know she'll be doing that on the, in, in a program before the end of the year as well. All right, let's go to the phones. Terry, thanks for calling. Go ahead, please. Oh, good morning, Professor. Good morning, sir. Uh, listening to you with young Mr. Miller, and uh, then at your first segment today, it said decided that great minds think alike when you said, uh, I don't understand what's happening in the market. There you go. There you go. There you go. I Yes, I know. Just, I, I, I'm trying to still figure out Who's run, running the bus on the bonds? Okay, there's uh, this is an interesting. It's really an interesting question because uh, the Federal Reserve pushes rates. That's true. They push them around, and that part of it is. But that's the short term. That's not bonds. Bonds are long term. That's done by the market in anticipation of rates going higher or lower. That's what's moving those rates. In other words, is there going to be more inflation or is the economy going to slow down? And therefore, you know, so those are the two opposing uh, viewpoints. And now you wind up with uh, long term bonds. It's, that's not the Fed's domain, although they made it their domain for a long time by buying so many long-term bonds out of the market and creating a balance sheet of uh, $10 trillion. So, and now they sit with it and, and are trying to whittle away, which at the pace they're doing will take, I don't know how long. It's just so long. It's just so long. Just decades it'll take. It's a very big problem. Until somebody steps up and buys them, that that's the, the, the thing that gets it. Somebody has to want to have investment in the profligate, disingenuous, self-serving clowns in D.C., mm -hmm. uh, again, why do you want to buy into this? People do. They have a fi now, for, Number one, you have, you have natural fixed buyers, okay? You have the, them out there with whether it's banks, insurance companies that have to have, let's say, tie their assets to a duration. Um, you know, this I'm going to have a loan coming due in a certain amount of time, and I've got this money here. I need to back up that loan with this. There are certain things that you are going to have natural buyers of literally trillions of dollars a year, okay? And they are going to be renewing. But on top of that, as much as people, especially on the Internet— and on talk radio, want to talk about the fact that the Chinese are buying up our bonds or the Japanese in the past were buying up our bonds and what happens when they get rid of it. We are the world currency, and this is what people want to own when they are talking about the rock solid, I want to know, when I come back in a year, my money's right there. And that is the U.S. government bond. I, I remember a, 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 a podcast person talking about what do they want to own in Venezuela mm -hmm. and give anything, give all their pesos at any price for a dollar. That's right. That's right. It's so. the same thing in Turkey. It's the same thing in Iran. It's the same thing everywhere because you can't trust it. 
we have a uh, a client she and her husband just passed away recently and she's from a an asian um uh, country it which her upbringing her whole life is not trusting anything except cash because every time they go to the bank every time they turn around it's worthless their co- local currency is worth very little so the idea of having cash or worrying about interest rates or where to invest money in the most appropriate way is a completely foreign concept they just want to keep what they have and 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 I understand that I can't I can't feel it the way they feel it because their whole life is that way but I can understand when when you have your life and your local currency dissipate all of the time and the corrupt politicians nonstop your entire life destroy the country you live it's there isn't any trust in the currency and things like that what i am always baffled by is why we americans in the safest place the best place the in the world have just continue to make up reasons why it's all going to end and we're all going to die tomorrow why why does everybody want to come here uh, exactly, and yet, and yet, everybody who's here complains about how it's really so bad. I mean, it is. I understand. It, there's things we can work on. I get it. I got it. We spend too much money. There's all kinds of things, but we we wind up in a circumstance where sometimes you talk to somebody who comes from somewhere else that's really gosh awful, and then you really come to understand why the world trusts the U.S. dollar. Because we are the best in a bad neighborhood, I guess. But yeah, we're the best. I just wish we could get something through to those profligate clowns back in D.C. Just to, I'm sorry, you've had your fun. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to being, there's a word I'm missing here, reasonable. Uh, yep. Responsible people. That's the, you know, and, and spend what you take in. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, well I I, it's, it's hard to Why do. Why can't we yeah, elect if them. If I have to do it, balance my checkbook. Why in the hell don't they? Or pardon me, why in the heck don't they have to? Agreed. But you know, Terry, I think the thing is, is we have to also appreciate that we do have a democracy that continues to elect the same people that have created a sewer situation in Chicago, Seattle, Portland, L.A., San Francisco. I could go on, and the same people, the same machinery, the same. Um, teachers unions run these places and and the kids education scores spiral down they don't finish school and we don't care it's just a stunning thing and they keep electing the same people everybody gets the government they deserve they had a birthday last month and i'm just getting to the point where i don't think i'm going to live long enough to see it end badly but it is going to end badly right I hear you. All right. Keep the chin up, though, okay? All right. Thanks for the call, Terry. Keep at it. I got to thank Mr. Brown for me because now I got to go work on uh, Bitcoin uh, cost basis now. (laughs) Okay. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Same to you, sir. Good day. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. We need to take our final break, and we'd love to talk to you on the other side. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, And again, our number, we do have time to take a quick call if you want, 580-KIDO. My sweet wife just sent this over, reminded uh, her of this uh, shirt that her daughter uh, wore on the 4th of July. 
and uh, this our, our discussion here. America, a country so great, even its haters won't leave. Isn't that true? And, and really sad. I hate this country. I hate this country. Well, why don't you go? Leave. Just leave. Just leave. Look, I know the world is upside down. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard to... I just read today in the Wall Street Journal, I was reading a, uh, a doctor's, actually, a, what do they call him, a forensic doctor, who went to Israel to help out after the massacre. You help out because you just, how do you take care of 1,200 uh, bodies flooding the system at once? And so, um, you know, I mean, obviously, for most of us, it's, quotes gruesome, and um, difficult, but recounting how this really represents genocide, and it does, and and the idea that you're that, that it was so well thought out and planned to literally just kill people and torture them, uh, burn them alive, and that that this is being somehow equated to the whole thing of the Israelis needing to get the people that are going to do it again if they don't get them. So they have to capture them or kill them, and and there is no option. And yet we have people in New York that are uh, um, today, yesterday, and the day before are all rallying and... um, and it just seems weird. So our world is completely upside down, and I have no explanation for why, if you will, World War II and, and the attempted extermination of the Jews occurred in Nazi Germany, except I'm watching it again. I haven't any understanding. I, I can't wrap my mind around this. Why somebody who... It, it, it's why it's okay to want to exterminate somebody that is doing nothing but has a different belief system than you. It's amazing, and it's disturbing, and it makes me go, how can anything work? So I get it. I I, I feel it too. I feel it in different ways, and maybe you feel it. And, and, And how can things work out when we do this or that, and we have, uh, you know, anti-police rallies? How can we stop crime in the cities? All these things that just don't make any sense. How can it end well? And I just say it does. I don't know how. I don't know why. But it does work out. And that's not Pollyannish viewpoint. That's the reality of life. That's the reality of our world. It's the reality of our markets. And I think it's okay to cling to that and to know that and to have faith that it's beyond you anyway. And maybe we don't get to understand so much why we're here, no matter how much we think about it and our, make our head explode. But things work out. And it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And it is a beautiful day to be alive. So I hope you go out and enjoy it. And I thank you for listening. If you have any comments and questions, that's PetsoFinancial.com. Thank you.